For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links go to gabrielrutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for $5 a month, click the Substack link in the episode notes. You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. It's a metaphorical drive home. On this podcast, uh, I am in room 973. Even though I tried to get into room 937 a couple of nights ago. 973, a little temporary dyslexia. Jameson will do that to you sometimes. Uh, I'm at the, the Rio. Been working the Comedy Cellar all week. Just finished my fort. Teenth show of the week. Holy shit. So many shows. By the 14th show of a week, you really, you know, I'm on stage like, did I do this joke already? Or was that three nights ago? But, you know, fun week. Sold 70-something t-shirts. It's, you know, I got no complaints. Got to meet Marsha Warfield this week. She was working all week. Uh, most famous for being in uh, Night Court, the show Night Court. Raws on Night Court plus a bunch of other shit. But she's had a pretty fascinating life, though. She came out in her 60s as a lesbian. I, not the 1960s, the age the ni- her 60s. I think she's 69. Nice. Uh, very, very chill. Very cool. Uh, how chill? Well, she fell asleep one time <laughs> in the green room. <laughs> Don't tell anybody, but I sent my wife a pic. I took a picture of Marsha Warfield sleeping, and I sent it to my wife and said, it's nice to hang out with a comedy legend. One fun thing, like it's, uh, also George Wallace was there one night. I don't know if you know George Wallace, but Google him. You probably know him. Several of the nights this week, I was the youngest comedian on the show at a youthful 49 and a half years old. That doesn't happen very often. Although comedy is not a young person's game. I mean, whoever your favorite comedian is, is probably in their 40s or 50s or 60s. Unless they're your favorite comedian because of TikTok. And then maybe not. But it just takes a long-ass time to get good at comedy. Michael Yo, who's here a lot, uh, I think he's my age. Well, I think he's 48 and I'm 49. So it's like, you know, similar. So I was not the youngest for part of the week, but part of the week I was. Uh, Brian Kiley was on the shows. Never met him before. What a nice dude. It is funny, though. It's like we went out to lunch one day, and uh, like he wrote for Conan for like 25 years. 
and then he wrote he wrote on the last season of Ellen. Uh, I guess she's done now. By the way, I was thinking this about Ellen. She, you know, people use the word canceled. She wasn't canceled. She didn't literally lose her show, but she was kind of like publicly canceled for being mean. Like, that's it. People are like, she's kind of a bitch. There was no, like, sex scandal. There was no uh, crimes. Nothing. Just like, yeah. Bit of a cunt. Rumor has it. And I get, you know, that was enough for people to be like, there you go. I have no first-hand knowledge. I don't know. I didn't ask Brian. That would have been rude. But anyway, just to have lunch with someone who was like, you know, we're talking about our lives and we're talking about <laughs> comedy and stand-up comedy. And, you know, he's, I think he's 60 maybe and been doing it a long time, came out of Boston. And and then it's like, wait, this guy has an Emmy, maybe more than one. Also, can you hear the cricket? That's not in my room, but it's outside my room. You can hear a, a cricket making sound right now. I feel like I'm bombing on the podcast, thanks to nature. Anyway, that's been a fun thing about the Comedy Cellar. Is it's like, uh, you know, if I'm the headliner on a show, the opener is not going to be more into show business than I am for the most part. So it's kind of nice to meet people who are like, you know, above my level. I don't mean above my level in like, talent on stage but just like in show business i never had a i never had an agent i never had a manager i never had a meeting you know so it's kind of fun to hang out with those people feel like i'm a part of shit i actually i had to follow brian uh most of the week and he has the it's like all a little inside comedy talk um it's like all one-liners, sort of like slow one-liners. Like it's, it's, they're hilarious, but it's like such a different rhythm than I have. Like his jokes are like oh, – what's a joke? Uh, most embarrassing thing that ever happened to me was when I was a kid, I walked in on my parents having sex. You should see my face in the video. Jokes like that. So it's like these kind of slow one-liners, one-liners, and then when I get on stage, it's like the whole crowd is used to that rhythm, and so I really had to speed them up all week. Like they almost, I would say one line, and they would want to like stop and clap and laugh and really relish that one line, and I'm like, I'm trying to pick up the pace here. Shut up, cricket. That has to be outside. I hit the window when it stopped. Still a bit of a grasshopper cricket infestation uh, here in Las Vegas. I was walking through the hallway at the, of my hotel and a grasshopper said they give me a blowjob for $75. So it's a bit of a problem. 
I actually got scared earlier because I was a black garbage bag like flew by the window flew by my ninth floor window it startled me I thought it was like a giant bat or something I don't know what it was (laughs) am I gonna podcast while I stand by the window and bang on it every two minutes good god Whenever they give me, whenever I'm at a store that has a black bag, like they give you your products in a black bag, I always <laughs> feel like I'm renting porn. And I guess that's because uh, the very few times in my life I did. Or if you like buy a sex toy or something, also very few times in my life. Uh, they did, like they give you a black bag so you can't see what's inside of it. But there used to be a store called uh, Desire Video in Olympia, Washington, where you could rent pornography. And then I think they had those booths in the back where you could like, I don't know, watch porn and masturbate or something. I don't. I never took part in that. It's a Chevron now. Where Desire Video used to be in Olympia, Washington, there's a Chevron gas station. Uh, comedian uh, Sam Miller, who lives in Olympia, we were talking about it one time, and he said the funniest thing uh, he's ever said to me, which is, I feel like we should still be allowed to jerk off at that Chevron. <laughs> And if you ever met Sam Miller, that was a pretty good Sam Miller impression I just did. But yeah, I went there a few times. It was very, uh, it was so embarrassing just because like you're trying to pretend it's not embarrassing, but it is. And you're also like, you know, browsing at that time, like I think either DVD or VHS pornography. It's just, <laughs> you're just walking around and you're like, oh, I'm in the anal section. Let me get out of here. Very embarrassing. But that's how I feel. Whenever I'm alive, I'll go to a drugstore and they like put my uh, deodorant in a black bag. I feel like I'm renting porn. That was a whole thing. Video stores used to, I mean, I have a reference to this in my act, but uh, about that they used to have a beaded curtain. You, could, you would go to a video store. Now, Desire Video, the whole thing was like pornography. It wasn't like you could watch rent Top Gun in the main room and then in the back room rent Bottom Gun, if you know what I mean. Uh, but a regular video store would have like a back room with a beaded curtain. You'd have to make your way through that and you could rent the naughty videos. Uh, and I think that was a thing. People, it would like, you know, You'd rent a couple of regular movies and then kind of sandwich your porn between them, like in between Mighty Ducks 1 and 2. You'd watch Mighty Cucks. Not these kids today. It's all on your phone, all on your laptop, no sense of shame. (laughs) I miss shame. 
There's no black bag on your phone that appears when you're looking at something naughty. There's no beaded curtain app. It's Father's Day right now for another 22 minutes. Fly home tomorrow. Let me have a little sip of my Jameson without rocks because the ice machine is broken on this floor. Why am I drinking Jameson right now? I'm supposed to fly out at like 6 a.m. Anyway, it's not important. It was a little depressing having it be Father's Day because uh, just to be away from my family. Now, look, I deserve to not be there on my special day because I've not been there for so many of my family's special days. I suppose my counselor, uh, my therapist, would not like that kind of talk. I'm allowed to have feelings without adding a butt to them. My therapist is young as hell, man. I don't know how old she is. I haven't asked. I did jokingly say to her one time, well, what's going on with you? (laughs) It's not like you're paying money to like dump your problems on someone, but it does feel weird where you're like, this is, okay, your turn. Tell me about your parents. But sometimes when I'm talking, you know, I'm like, God, what is she? Is she 25? She might be 25. Is that old enough to know about my shit? Probably. Anyway, my family went to a uh, watch a Mariners game on Father's Day. Everyone but me. In fact, they were there because it was like some sort of Father's Day cheap ticket promotion that my wife got through the elementary school she works at. I had this moment, I woke up uh, this morning and I looked at my Instagram, not right away, but sure, within 10 minutes. And I have, uh, have 20,000 followers on Instagram. I just hit that level, which I don't know what it means, probably nothing. I don't know. I don't know the amount of social media followers you need to have it matter. I'm not sure. I have 20,000 Instagram. I have like 30,000 something Facebook. I have 169. Nice. No one ever says nice after 169. (laughs) 169,000 TikTok followers where it's been for a while. 169 is also a uh, sexual position. It's where one person watches two other people 69. I learned about it uh, watching a little movie called The Mighty Cucks. But anyway, I had this moment. I look at my Instagram and I go, hey, I hit 20,000 followers. Cool. And then I get a text from my family chat. And it's my entire family at our Mariners game that says, happy Father's Day. Wish you were here. 
And I was like, well, now I feel really stupid about my stupid 20,000 Instagram followers. Not that it means nothing. I, you know, I don't know. It's kind of my job to try to get bigger on social media, but also, like, I don't know. Also, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? We're all just black bags of garbage floating around the desert winds, you know what I mean? But, you know, there's like an end goal to getting big online or whatever it is, YouTube views or anything. Where you're like, like even tonight, my 14th show of the week. Someone after the show was like, we came here because we know you from TikTok. Someone else said, I came here because I know you from Instagram. That's cool. But that's like about it. It's not, you know. That's cool and my whole life has changed. So sometimes when I'm like, you're just rooting for a bigger number and it feels so stupid. I had 19,000 Instagram followers. Now I have 20. I win. What are, what are we rooting? What am I rooting for? Anyway, follow me on Instagram, trying to get to 21. So it's kind of a bummer to not be there on Father's Day. But that is the life I have chosen. Uh, and also, you know, I get to do some cool stuff with my family because of comedy. For instance, uh, next time I come to Vegas, my son uh, Johnny, who's 21, will be coming with me. We're going to go to a brothel. Have a little father-son time. Uh, I don't. We're gonna. I don't know what we'll do. Probably some nerdy shit. Um, play blackjack, have a good time. That'll be fun. I last week. Sorry about the no podcast episode. Uh, last week, uh, I took my daughters with me to Forks, Washington, where they had a great time. Forks, Washington, uh, of course. Um. I guess most famous for being uh, the town where the Twilight books and movies take place. A lot of vampire and werewolf lore in Forks, Washington. I took my daughters there last year because it was the same gig. I did the graduating class of 2022 at Forks, Washington. I I did the show at like midnight in an Elks Lodge in Forks. It's like a sober party for the kids with total chaos last time. And I mean, it was fun, but like, you know, four of the girls there were pregnant. It was wild. And they wanted me back. So I came back this year and. uh... Well, uh, congratulations, class of 2023. We did it. How are we feeling? We feeling pretty good? Yeah. Let's uh, have a moment of silence for those who didn't make it. Oh, we didn't have to say names. 
algebra got him, son of a bitch. <laughs> we lost another one. Uh, <laughs> thanks for having me. I, I swore already. We're all adults. I, I know, young adults, but we're all, are we all 18 at least? Were you not, you're not 18? I don't, I shouldn't have brought that up. That sounds like it's a parole violation. I'm fine, I'm allowed, I'm allowed to be here. Everything's fine. We're all good, I'm in Forks and an Elks Club. It's all coming together. I dreamed of this day. You're at least 100 yards away. I said someday, if I do comedy long enough, if I get enough TikTok followers, I'll do back-to-back -back Forks High School graduations. It's all coming true. I was afraid I was going to be underdressed for your party, and then I went to your store. Is there just one, just the one store? Is it the store? Okay, I went to your store, the thrift wipe today, and I was like one of the only people there not in pajamas. And I'm like, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be, I might be overdressed. I feel, I feel forks formal right now. I know a couple of you wearing pajamas. I'm sorry. Some of these jokes are going to hurt. I'm just throwing it out. Last year was a motel that was nice, but I did have to like sleep on the floor because it was small. So this year, we, they got an Airbnb for us, which was great. But I was actually happy because it was a real shithole, but my daughters liked it. I'm like, that, I feel good about that. They weren't like, this is gross. They were like, oh, cool. We got a, our own bedroom. It was just this dumpy duplex and forks. It wasn't, it was fine, but it's like, you know, when you're traveling, it's not like you want to stay in like mediocre duplex for the most part, but my, my kids liked it. We actually watched Twilight 1 and 2 while we were there because there was no internet, but they did have DVDs. I know, I live in this day. Marijuana is legal. Not for you, not yet. I'm sure you have a Twilight themed marijuana shop here in town. What's it called? Cannabis Coast. Cannabis Coast? It's all it's owned by your boyfriend's parents. That's 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 fine. It's all it's all good. It's all good. I love, I love that in this room that's called married into it. I love that. Oh, you got that weed money? <laughs> nice pajamas, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Good for you. Do they at the marijuana store do they have team Edward Team Jacob? Do people have compared? Yeah, yeah. They do! I knew they did! You can't go to a store here without choosing teams. Like, I just wanted gas. I don't need a shirt right now. <laughs> they make you choose at the doctor? <laughs> You're like, my knee hurts. They're like, Team Jacob, get on in here. <laughs> I threw out my hind leg. <laughs> Do you guys like your town's known for that, or are you kind of over it? You're over it. Yeah, you are. You are over it. You know who's not over it? Her boyfriend's parents. They need the money. They need the money. But anyway, they had me back. 
This time I went on at 1 in the morning. Good God. And I was so, I was, it's hard to describe, but I was like really mad at myself before the show started because I'm like, you were here last year. It went well. It could have gone badly. You won. You got away with, a, you performed for high schoolers. And it was good. You got, you did, had a good show. You won the game. And now you're coming back. You're risking it all for another chance of failure. You idiot. I mean, they were paying me pretty well, but. Hey, at least it wasn't community service. We did not need a community service, which makes me wonder what your plans are. Congratulations. What do you, what do you have mandatorily planned for you? What are you going to do? What's your plan, man? Uh, go, go fight wildfires. Go fight wildfires. Awesome. Awesome. You said that like you're going to start them, and I don't like that. <laughs> I'll be pretty busy, too. Good for you. That's a, do you have to go to like a school for that? What's yeah, the, you gotta go to training for like 10 days. 10 days, that's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple of questions about the old firefighter training. <laughs> Just pass the background check, like get on out there. <laughs> but before you do, Team Edward, Team Jacob, what do you got? What do you got? <laughs> no, seriously, what do you got? You never watched Twilight? No. Vampires are overrated. Yes. I don't. I didn't think I'd have to bring this up. They're also not real forks. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. I know we're not all 18 here. I hate to break dreams. But... Before the show started, uh, someone came up and talked to me. A student. Like I was just milling around in the back. And he just comes up and he goes, who's your top three comedians, alive or dead, of all time? I'm like, well, okay. Uh, I don't know, even know. I said, I don't know if I have a good answer for that. I said, a guy I really liked who's not alive anymore is Mitch Hedberg. Uh, he knew Mitch Hedberg. Not personally, but he was like, I love Mitch Hedberg. I was like, I opened for him a couple times. That, you know what I mean? I got a little cred there, but. And then he also said, uh, he likes Stephen Wright. He's like, I don't. My mom uh, said uh, she saw you last year and she said that um, I was going to hear a lot of sex jokes. And I'll be honest, I don't like sex jokes. I think they're like cheap. I like comedians who don't do sex jokes. Anyway, have a good show. Jesus Christ, kid. I just met you. Also, I wasn't really going to do any sex jokes for the assembled, barely adults. I started growing my hair long at 40. And that, that's like my, my very mild midlife crisis. It's all the rebellion I have left. Screw you, super cuts. I'm off the grid. <laughs> You ever do a hair flip? Of course you do. You have to. <laughs> Excellent. That was a good one. That was a good one. That was a great hair flip. You can, when you're a barista, keep that hair flip. That'll keep the tips coming, my man. He already told me he's going to be a barista. Yeah. You're, you're a barista right there? 
Look, I was kind of focused back there, but if you guys... <laughs> is this town all coffee and point? Like, what? It's, oh, okay, I didn't mean to stumble upon your main industry. I apologize. There's a, there are a lot of coffee stands. There, there's nothing open after 5 p.m. But, what's that? They close it, they close it, they close at seven. Yeah. I was exaggerating for humor. Yeah. <laughs> and Wikipedia was at the show. No, no. You're wrong. That's just mean to have all that coffee keeping the whole town awake and then you shut it all down at seven. <laughs> The weed store closed. Six. Yeah. He started talking about, yeah, he liked Mitch Hedberg, he liked uh, Stephen Wright, he liked Norm MacDonald. I'm like, yeah, I love all those people. But what I wanted to say was like, you know what all those people have in common? They would bomb at this show tonight. And then also during the show, I was working really hard to not have to do my material. I did, you know, I, I ended up going, I performed for like 70 minutes for some stupid reason. And I probably did 30 of material. So any excuse to like, I'm asking kids, hey, what are you doing after, what are your plans are you going to school? I'm just I'm doing anything to keep the room's attention and not have to do my act. And then a couple times people would like yell stuff out to me and in my head I'm like, "Great." And then this kid, the comedy fan would be like, "Hey, whose show is this? Let him talk." And I wanted to be like, "Shut up." <laughs> I don't I want people to yell shit at me. It's that kind of night. I thought about it though. I, remember, I only remember two people. You gave him two for flinching. You know what? A lot has changed in the world, but that dumbass game is still <laughs> Two for flinching was probably the first words uttered in a cave somewhere. <laughs> you hit hard though, man. What are you... No, that's good. No, you were the hitter. You're like, no, my fist is fine. What are, you, what are your plans? Probably most likely going to go to a trade school. Probably most likely. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You don't need to rush into anything. It's not like now's the time to decide. You're like, you know what? I'll think of something, but when this son of a bitch stops flinching, right now I'm pretty focused. <laughs> I wish I had time to think about my future, but this is flinching. So yeah, I'm just uh, a lot of riffs, back in the material, back to the riffs, and uh, I survived another one. Also, did you, did, you know, are you married? He's oh, you're engaged. Whoa. He's 
Why? <laughs> is she here? No, she's 19. She's... <laughs> <laughs> She's the chief's daughter. She's the chief's daughter? The police chief's daughter? Look, I'm going to get out of town tomorrow and then I'm going to send you a joke I thought of. That's cool. What, what are you, uh, what, what, uh, what, what are you going to do besides get married? Coast Guard, hell yeah, buddy. That's uh, do you do that here? Where do you do that? Um, I'm going to New Jersey for boot camp, and then Virginia for high school, and then I don't know. Then you don't know. They'll station you somewhere. Is she going with you? She will when we get married. That's why they're getting. That's why you're getting married. Oh no. Yeah. No. Well, and love. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. No, you're right. My bad. Congrats on never getting a speeding ticket again. That's the best thing you could do for your mom. Are you kidding me? I want a kid to do that for me. I either want a kid to marry the police chief's kid, or if they own the weed store, and also not. Now I feel bad if, like, the person who rented me the Airbnb is going to listen to this. I don't know why they would, but it it's not that it was a shithole. It's just, like... When you're on vacation or on a trip, you don't want to be like, where'd you stay? Oh, we stayed at a duplex where in the front yard was a truck canopy. It was fine. It was clean. It was totally fine. But I had a, uh, last week I had a wild thing happen with my, I've had some bad luck with cars. Uh, Well, is it bad luck when you run a red light? I think it's bad luck for the guy who hit me. <laughs> that was last year. I ran a red light. Still mad the guy hit me. You got to pay attention. Keep your head on a swivel. Some people run red lights. Pay attention. Well, that happened. And then I had another thing happen <clears throat> where I uh, it was a rental car. Uh, I was staying at a different Airbnb in Idaho. The neighbor backed into the rental car. She came over. I, we did. I, we talked about this a little bit because Christy, my wife, was with me, and she was on. We did a little podcast on the way home, so we talked about it. The neighbor came over with the insurance information. Was like, "Hey, I backed into your car. I'm sorry. Here's my insurance information." We're like, "Okay." I gave that information to Hertz Rental Car in Spokane on the way back. Didn't think anything about it. A couple weeks ago, I get a phone call that's like, hey, you owe a bunch of money. And I'm like, well, what about? I don't remember what the bunch of money was. 1900 bucks or something? 2900 bucks. I can't even remember. But I'm like, I don't you have the lady's info? Who admitted she did it and gave you the... And they're like, well, I don't know. It's weird. It's like a third-party mitigator thing and they're like well they made an offer that's not very good i'm gonna try to get more money out of them he's like you should try to get this covered 
through your credit card, which I did, but then I, you know, I, I didn't know. There's like a 45-day window you're supposed to do it in. That had long passed. I could do it through my own insurance, but then my rates would go up because it would be two claims within a year. So anyway, I still don't know what's going to happen. But I didn't. Insurance companies are just the worst. This lady's like, I backed into you. Here's my insurance information. And now they're like, why should I be liable for any of that? She admitted she did it. But it's not even the lady. It's her insurance company fighting with the Hertz insurance. You know, it's anyway. I still don't know what's going to happen with that. And then I got an oil change. Actually, my first oil change for my new car because apparently, I don't, you know, they say every 10,000 miles or so is fine. And that's, but that's about the level I hit with my new 2023 Kia Rio. So I got my first oil change uh, at the place where I've done a lot of car repairs. I will not say the name. And uh, I'm sitting there waiting for it to be done. The guy comes out. By the way, it was extra embarrassing because he just said, my girlfriend just showed me a video of you. You're hilarious. I'm like, oh, thank you. Well, that's why I put so many miles on the car. Blah, blah, blah. I'm getting my oil changed. He comes out and he looks white as a ghost. And he's like, hey, um, so I just want to let you know. I mean, first of all, we're going to fix it. So you don't need to worry about that. But there was a little problem. I'm like, with the oil change? And he's like, well, I, your door was open and we didn't know we had opened it to like – and so when we put it up on the lift with the door open, your door got bent very badly. So we can't even shut the door. But I'm going to call a body guy I know and we'll get this fixed. So I went in for an oil change. And I think they got me a new door. I didn't even look at it. I didn't want to. But I don't know. Either I got a new door. I know they had to paint it because he said when it was almost done, he's like, they're just, they're going to paint it and you can get it in a couple hours. It ended up only being like three or four days. But I thought it was going to be a couple of weeks. But I think he really called in some favors. And I, I I was like, man, I better not – I didn't say this to the guy, but in my head I'm like, I better not be able to tell anything fucking happened to this door. And I can't. I literally had to say to him, which side was it? Because they both look exactly the same. I couldn't tell anything. Uh, so it's fine. But, you know, when you go in for an oil change and end up having to get body work done. I also thought when I finally went to pick up the car like four days later, I'm like, if he charges me for the oil change, <laughs> that's going to be real ballsy. He didn't. Okay, I should try to get some sleep before I fly home tomorrow. And open up my day old Father's Day presents. <laughs> You know what? Since it's Father's Day, um, 
I thought uh, I would read the Father's Day entry uh, from my book that I wrote in 2020 that will be out in 2030, apparently, being proofread at the moment. Uh, and then I had a feeling, did I write, did I already read this? I don't know. I guess I'll read it again. I don't think I ever have. Uh, but I just thought, since I'm not driving, maybe I'll do a very short book reading from the book, At Least the Dinosaurs Got to Die Surprised. More True Stories of a Road Comic by Gabriel Rutledge. As read by Gabriel Rutledge. That's me. June 21, 2020. Home. The bar for being an adequate father is pretty low. Also, if there was a bar called Adequate Father, I would drink there for sure. If you are not abusive and you don't leave, congratulations. You're a good father. By those standards, I'm doing all right, so happy Father's Day to me today. All I have to do is not die too soon, and I think my daughters will still have a good chance of only dating age-appropriate people. I do a lot as a parent, but Christy runs this shit. She's incredible. I'm just a good assistant manager, and the only reason I get to be that is I'm sleeping with the manager. But today is not about her. It's about me. I get to do whatever I want, and apparently what I wanted was a carne asada burrito from a taco truck and to watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 with the family. Parenting's eventual goal is to make decent functioning adults, so there's not a lot of day-to-day results or rewards. I don't get to decide what my dad legacy will be. Once when Johnny was in middle school, he told me he didn't feel like he fit in with the other kids at school. I said, one of the secrets of life that I didn't figure out until I was older is that everyone feels weird, everyone feels like they don't fit in, and everyone feels somehow different. I know it doesn't seem like it, but the people that seem cool and amazing and popular have just as many insecurities as everyone else. Johnny thought about it and said, yeah, I guess my sisters are pretty weird. Huh? I give gold, and it's not comprehended. No one remembers my brilliant pontificating advice, but they all seem to remember the time on vacation I spilled a 12-pack of Paps Blue Ribbon off of a luggage cart and a can hit Olive and bruised her ankle. That seems to come up a few times a year. I guess that's my legacy. My dad attempted to give me plenty of wisdom that went right over my bowl-cut head. He tried to teach me how to fix and build things, and I retained none of it. An entire childhood of watching him work on cars, water heaters, appliances, wiring, and roofs learning nothing while my wandering brain was occasionally interrupted with a, can you hand me the seven-eighths? The unsaid but honest answer to that question was always probably not in a timely or accurate fashion. My dad still fixes my things, and I still help him with similar results. I do remember things he taught me, probably just not what he expects. I remember once at a Little League game, we had a terrible umpire, it's weird we didn't have a really good one. It probably paid zero to five dollars. The umpire kept making horrible calls and kids and parents alike were getting madder and madder, myself included. It culminated with a strike three call to end the game where the pitch literally hit the front of the plate. The whole team and the parents in the stands were just screaming at this guy. On our way back to the car, while I was excitedly complaining about how bad we got screwed, We saw the umpire sitting in the front seat of his car with the door open, taking his gear off. He may have been crying, but if not, he at least looked very dejected. My dad, 
who was an intensely shy man, went over to him and said, hey, it's just a game. Don't worry about it. Thanks for doing it. I'm sorry you had to deal with that. It didn't sink into my child brain watching my father then, but for the rest of my life, I haven't forgotten the simple lesson of that day. If you're going to be an umpire, you at least have to have a basic understanding of what the strike zone is. I mean, strike three on a pitch that hits the fucking plate? Unbelievable. Anyway, thanks, Pa. You didn't leave. You weren't abusive. You're still alive, and you did your best. That's all I can hope to do. Uh, okay, we're going to call that a podcast. Bye. It's all good. That's what I learned about when I was here last year. I was maybe a little cleaner than I needed to be. I was trying not to be too adult, and then there were several. Pregnant women. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, well, I guess that's why you're the Spartans, not the Trojans. Uh, yeah, that kind of show. That kind of show.